Welcome all, Max of the Accidental Engineer here. Today we have the pleasure of Cecilia Silvestre joining us today. <laughs> uh, Cecilia, do you mind sharing your background, what you're up to now? You are at OSI Soft here in the Bay Area? Yeah, here in San Leandro, City of Innovation. <laughs> <laughs> so OSI Soft is huge. Uh, you've been, by that I mean, uh, well over a thousand employees. Mm-hmm. Um, You've been there for nearly five years, is that right? Yes. As a user experience designer most recently? Yeah, I've been a user experience designer for about three years. And before that, I was a customer support engineer. So you are an awesome guest to have on for uh, the exact reason that your undergraduate degree was in engineering. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you mind sharing what your undergraduate experience was like? You went to Northwestern in Chicago area? Yeah. Uh, So I studied manufacturing and design engineering, which is part of the MADE program. And there were only seven of us when we graduated. So it's a very, very small, relatively unknown degree. And what's cool about it was that it was basically product design and development. And it was partially in the engineering school and partially in the design school. So we did everything about product design and development. We did material science. We did uh, mechanical engineering, how to build the things that you're designing. Uh, We did industrial design, so how to make what you're uh, designing not only functional, but also look really cool and good. Uh, (laughs) And we did a lot of um, like service design and user experience design, so how to design with a user in mind so that engineers don't just think about technical solutions, they think about the product in its full scope and its full realm, how end users are going to interact with it and um, how to make sure that what they're making is not only functional, but also enjoyable to use. Got it, so you went to OSIsoft straight out of that engineering program. Yeah. Uh, You were working in a customer support type of role Mm -hmm. uh, before taking on a more user experience design type of role. Um, Do you mind sharing for people what that transition was like going into that first job out of school? Sure. So, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like I said, because the program was relatively unknown, finding a job and what I wanted to do was very, very difficult. So I wanted to get into product design Mm. because that's what I studied. So I thought, well, that'd be an easy transition. No. (laughs) Uh, everyone saw manufacturing and engineering and just assumed that I would want to do manufacturing work. Mm -hmm. So when I looked for jobs, uh, I looked for stuff in California because that's where the tech industry is. So, um, my brother actually works at OSI soft as well. He's like, just work for this company because you can kind of build your own future. They, you can eventually either start on the design team or like do something with design uh so i just went to customer support and um it was really cool because it was working directly with customers but it was also really technical because i had to know the the pi system which is what osi creates from like everything all of the insides how it works i had to know about security and like it stuff Um, but yeah, it it was kind of funny because I like saw how frustrated customers would be with our product because you basically deal with 
upset customers 100% of the time. Yeah. And <laughs> by nature of the role. By nature of the role. <laughs> you just hear how much it sucks and you're just like, you get a really negative perspective, which kind of fueled my interest even further in going into design so that I can help solve those same problems. Mm-hmm. So I just was like talking to my manager and I was like, this is really frustrating. This product isn't like they just, our customer just wants to do the simple thing and our product doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Like we should really try, you know, and he was like, well, there is a design group. Why don't you go tell them? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, fine, I will. <laughs> yeah. So I think a lot of our audience may not have ever heard of OSI soft in their oh, yeah, life yeah. before. Mm-hmm. Uh, just for them who aren't familiar, mm-hmm. uh, OSI soft, like you say, makes the Pi system, which is a software for monitoring real-time data in the physical field. So that means places like uh, oil refineries or electric utilities. Am I getting that right? Yeah, that's totally right. So it's oftentimes where a case where people have to use the software (laughs) and and their uh, switching costs are really high. Yes. Um, So do you mind sharing for people... The types of design problems that exist for software in that area of business? Yeah, so uh, just to give a little bit more background, um, the product that OSI makes is called the the Pi system. And it's about getting operational data from all these different industries. So we're not industry specific. Um, which has its own problems, which I'll get to, but (laughs) we're not industry specific. So we get all this operational data and we help users visualize it and analyze it to make uh, very important decisions. For example, we've had uh, oil and gas companies who need to make sure that, you know, the pressure in their pipes is okay. So it won't burst, Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, We've had companies that make metal sheets that if they don't understand their data, the pieces of metal can go flying off of and like potentially cause massive harm, which has happened um, off of their uh, the belt. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's very, very important that when they look at their um, screens, their data, they can tell what's happening right away. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the biggest thing with the design uh, space is we have to make all of the things that we use, easy to interpret right away so that if someone's just working at their desk and they see like a flashing red thing, they know exactly what to do and how to rectify the issue really quickly. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we have to keep in mind when we're designing. We have to make everything very simple um, and very easy to understand and very intuitive. That's not the case all the time (laughs) uh, because it's a very engineering-led company, but that's what the goal is for the design team. So it sounds like the undergrad degree that you got is pretty relevant to what you do now. Uh, would you say that the, the curriculum that you had in your undergrad uh, is are things informationally that you rely on today in your role in designing these systems? Um, you know, you'd think that because I did manufacturing going into a company that does a lot of manufacturing type things, Mm -hmm. there would be some knowledge transfer. There really isn't a lot of it. I mean, I understand from a technical perspective what our customers are doing, which is nice. Um, Most of what I use is actually from the design side of things. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was working with engineers and knowing how to speak kind of both languages. So knowing how to talk to an engineer and a developer and how they understand things and then also knowing how designers talk and how they understand things. I think that's the most beneficial thing I've gotten from my background. Mm-hmm. For people who aren't super familiar with the design process mm-hmm. of software, uh, OSI Soft has been around for a relatively long time, yeah. all things considered. Um, so it has some really established products that probably have some pretty established UX user experience patterns. Uh, what's the design process like on a, on a mature software product like the Pi system? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we, from specifically your perspective as a UX designer. Yeah, so OSI is a very engineering-driven company. So the design team is actually relatively new. Mm. Um, I've been a part of the design team for three years. The design team itself has existed for maybe about six years. Mm -hmm. And it's just now becoming a lot more formalized. And we're just now establishing a process and a cadence with working with product managers and developers. So the process now is usually we'll do research to understand the problem. We'll usually hear from the exec level that uh, there's a need to go into this kind of space or this area. And so we'll do some research to understand that space a little bit more. Um, we'll get a team together with a product manager who's leading it and a development lead. And we'll establish what we need to do with that particular product. And then we'll talk to customers to reevaluate if this is the right way. This is something that's actually a problem for them. Um, if it's something that we need to solve and tackle. And then we go on with the, the design process. The way that things went before was that it was mostly that's the developers were the designers mm-hmm. and uh, that brutal that doesn't always go well. <laughs> <laughs> so we're kind of working to f- fix those things and make the products that we've been making for decades into easier to use products. So what are some of the skills that you've had to obtain in designing for UX software products uh, that maybe previously engineers at OSIsoft did not have the time to obtain skill-wise? Like you've mentioned the Adobe suite set mm-hmm. of tools before recording, uh, mm-hmm. but what are some of the tools that you use in your job that maybe engineers uh, aren't aware of for doing UX design? So... I mostly use Sketch, which right. is kind of a industry standard now at some companies. And it's the learning curve is way less steep than Adobe products. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've used that. Um, also use some products to document the like HTML and CSS parts of the design, which is good for developers because it makes them happy because they don't have to spend that much time uh, extracting it or inferring from like PDFs what we mean. So mm-hmm. that process is a little bit smoother. Um, you talk about skills that engineering engineers don't have time to learn or don't have uh, that UX people do possess. I think one of them is soft skills. Oh, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sounds like there's some stories there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, one thing that I do 
quite often is user interviews or usability testing, where I will sit with customers, usually one-on-one, just to get feedback on either a concept or the actual product. Like, is this something that is easy to use? Um, And there are different metrics to determining if it's easy to use. But typically when you're interviewing or talking to a customer, you want your you want to be unbiased and you don't want to lead them down a certain path. Hmm. Almost every developer or engineer that I put into the room does not abide by those rules and will just they'll have a solution and they'll say like things like, So we have this solution. That's a really cool idea, right? Or this is interesting, right? So they're just leading the customer or if there's any negative criticism, they get really defensive. Um, I've, <laughs> I've had some developers almost call a customer stupid or like, you know, you don't know how to use it, like blaming them instead of the product. Mm-hmm. So it has taken some time. Every developer that I've worked with, I've had to coach on, on how to interact with customers and how to get some of those soft skills. And I think that's the biggest thing is... You can know how to use the the same products that I use, but if you don't have the soft skills, then it's just not going to work out. You're not going to oh, get, yeah. No doubt, no yeah. doubt. Well, starting out of school, first job-wise, working in customer support, you mentioned uh, interacting with customers who, by and large, have complaints about a product. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're often communicating through uh, indirect means like uh, email or uh, feedback forms. Mm-hmm. Um, now in a UX designer role, you mentioned meeting one-on-one with customers. Uh, is that often done in person? Do you do it over the phone? Do you do it over email? Do you do screen share? How how do you uh, collect customer feedback and um, what end users are actually experiencing? All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we do for... If it's just like an initial interview and we like want to build rapport with the customer and we've never talked to them before, it's really good to do it in person. So we have done in-person interviews where either they're maybe taking a, a class at OSI or, um, and so we invite them to come, or we go on site to their company, which is probably the best thing to do because we get to see them in their environment and we get to see how they actually are interacting with the Pi system. For more established cadences with customers, we usually will do like a WebEx or a screen share, uh, a phone call will do um, some, I don't think we usually do surveys. Surveys are like, people don't want to spend time doing surveys. And I feel like every time I've done a survey, people are just like, one word answer, yes. No, maybe one word answer. Yeah, or like sampling bias. Like. Yeah, I'm just like, uh, <laughs> that's not helpful. Yeah. So yeah. Got it. Got it. Yeah. No. Uh, are there? You mentioned things like WebEx. Are there tools? I mean, there's plenty of survey tools out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what are what are the m- most effective means for even in the process? you might go through of getting customers to agree to have you on site. Uh, are, are there cases where customers don't want you on site or it's hard to convince customers to allow user experience designers or researchers on site? 
Not at all. I think customers are really excited, actually, because this is the first time in many years that they've even met with a designer. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you exist. Yeah. Um, so every time we say, like, we just want to get your feedback on something, they're overjoyed because they feel like we're listening now. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas before, if a developer or product manager would come on site and would talk to them, they feel like they weren't really being heard that much. Um, and so it's something about having someone there reassuring that we're actually listening to your feedback and we're taking your feedback into consideration and then coming back months later to show them that, you know, we're listening. So, yeah. You mentioned how OSIsoft has customers in a ton of different verticals, like mm-hmm. like I mentioned, oil, natural gas, utilities, manufacturing plants, like you said. Um, you also said that there were problems with servicing such a diverse array of customers. Do you mind sharing what some of those problems are? Yeah. So we're trying to make an application where it's one size fits all, mm-hmm. but one size doesn't fit all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so there are some problems where if we have a, for example, visualization tool, some people need to visualize things like uh, boil, you know, I guess boilers maybe. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like the, like the, big the, tanks. <laughs> to boil substances. Yeah, liquids. a lot of chemical companies will use stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have like transportation companies that need to visualize actual trucks and things like that. Um, oil refineries have their own things to visualize. So you have to know every single industry and kind of make everything encompass all of these little things. So when you're designing a visualization tool, you have to make sure that you have all of these different visuals that all of these different industries are going to need. Uh, You have to make sure that you cover specific use cases for all of these industries instead of making tailored products for each industry. Um, So that in itself is a little bit problematic because every industry has different needs. And some industries really need scalability. They need to um, cover a lot of different sites. So specifically for like oil and gas, they have tons of sites where they're uh, drilling or upstream or downstream. And then you have smaller companies that really don't need that much. And so you have to make something that can be usable in a very small system to something that scales to a really massive large system. Mm-hmm. And so there are some like things that are hard in general to develop and to design for that it's easy. Everything's easy at a small scale. And then getting to that really large scale is like kind of problematic. So it's, <laughs> we have to go through all these different scenarios and we have to make sure that the checklist is really, really long because of the fact that we have so many different industries. Are there any questions that I've missed that I should have asked you? <laughs> um, I don't know. Are there? <laughs> uh, I... what, what more should I talk about? I don't know. What, what in particular excites you about user experience design? Hmm. 
Um, I think maybe it's because I, I've been working for a company that design is fairly new. It's really exciting seeing how we can establish design at a company that has never really had design. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess that's pretty exciting. Also seeing our customers' faces like basically light up to the fact that we are listening and we're now designing more intuitive products. And they look at the products and I'm like, I've been asking for this for 20 years. Some of them have said that. And it's kind of this exciting feeling that you're like, we're finally doing it. We're, you know, we're actually getting there. We're delivering. Um, and I think something that I've kind of taken out of this experience with working with OSI is that, you know, typically when you think of a designer, especially in the Bay Area, you think that they work at like a very sexy company. And a lot of the designers that I know, um, or even the ones at OSI, you know, think working for Google or Facebook is a lot more desirable than working for an operational data company. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's, I think you should, designers should give these types of companies a chance. Um, it might not be like the sexiest product out there, but there are people who really depend on this kind of thing, who really depend on the software and you are making a difference. And it's also really exciting to, to work at a place where you are essentially establishing design for the very first time. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of companies that need designers that are kind of just getting overlooked because they're not a sexy, cool brand. And it's also not consumer. So like most people have never heard of OSI because why would they hear about operational data? Yeah. They're not in the manufacturing world. You there's know? not an OSI app. There's no iPhone. OSI app. <laughs> <laughs> like there's just no, I don't have to monitor my operational data because I don't have any operational data. Um, but everyone's heard of our customers. Everyone has heard or heavily relies on some of our customers. Like the electricity. Yeah. <laughs> Powering our lights right like now. Like PG&E. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, I figure we should close by plugging whether you guys are hiring for any roles. Uh, are you guys? Yeah. So OSI right now is currently hiring for visual designers, interaction designers, which is technically what I am, but it's more of like a product design role where you'll do research and design. Um, and we're actually even hiring for a design lead. Okay. So like everything under the sun. If you have design in your title... You should apply. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you for joining us, Cecilia. Yeah.